Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Welcome back to the opening drive. Joined by Brooke Grimsley, I'm Kerry Davis, and we go to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line and talk to our great friend, writer for The Athletic, Jeremy Rutherford. JR, how are you doing this morning, sir? Doing great, doing great. You guys are uh, carrying the show. I did uh, see Randy when I was in Arizona. I tweeted a picture of being at the game. And uh, all of a sudden, I get a text from Randy, and it says, look up and to your right. And I do so. <laughs> and there he is sitting in a suite at the wow. Mullet Arena. Wow. <laughs> oh, he's doing some some outstanding things. He's at the World Baseball Classic game. He's at Coyotes games in Arizona. He, he just left us out here, huh, bro? He's living the life, we gotta, huh? We got to have a conversation with him. Thank you for that information, JR. We greatly appreciate it. <laughs> JR, you, you wrote an article earlier today. You talked about as the Blues opt for more, more speed, can Brew be successful? successfully adapt his style. What are your thoughts? Yeah, here's the thing, Kerry. You know, I think uh, all that success in 2019 that the Blues had when Craig Bruby came in and everybody loved the style and, and they had the roster for it with those guys that could just come wave after wave and wear teams down. That's, that's how the Blues won the Stanley Cup. Since then, you know, the game changes, your personnel changes, you, you draft some players who come up, you know, like a Jordan Cairo. And so people have the question, and it's a fair one, you know, can Craig Berube coach this style? And so what I kind of set out to do is with the Blues getting Kapanen and getting Vrana, you know, those guys are two fast guys. Can Craig Berube coach that style? So I talked to him about that a couple of days ago in, uh, in Arizona, and what he says is true. I really believe him on this. Look, he said, I, don't, I, I love coaching transition rush players. If they've got the talent to do it, let's go for it. He said the only thing we say to these guys is make good decisions. And, and let me ask you guys this. When you're watching a Blues game, you know, Robert Thomas, Jordan Kyrie, just two examples, super players, phenomenal players. But when you watch the game and they carry the puck into the offensive zone and kind of either curl up or maybe try to force a, a fancy pass that isn't there and it's turned over and goes back the other way, you know, that's where Craig Booby would probably like a, a better decision made with the puck. So to me, that's all he's saying. He welcomes the transition players. He says, just be smart. And if you lose the puck, be competitive. Get back. Play defense. Now, JR, we've talked a lot today about Pavel Buchnevich, and for good reason, because he's been playing his butt off for the Blues, especially since returning from the injured list. What have you seen from him, and what do you think about his future with the Blues, especially going into next season? Do you see him kind of transitioning positions? J.K. mentioned earlier, possibly him being a centerman. 
Yeah, first to how he's playing, it's just been terrific. I think it's really good to see for the Blues on a couple levels. One, obviously he's a talented player. He's showing it. If you're going to lose a Ryan O'Reilly, a Vladimir Tarasenko, yeah, you're going to count on the guys like Robert Thomas, uh, Kyra, two guys we just mentioned. But you need you need Buchnevich to be that guy. You need him to be a dynamic player. And he has been, not, not just with this point streak, but I think even for as tough of a season as it's been for the Blues, you know, he's been really, really good. And, and I think now he's kind of asserting himself as a leader, too. You need to have more voices than a Braden Shen, uh, a Robert Thomas, and I think Buchnevich is going to be that guy. And then as far as center, talked to Craig Berube about that a couple of days ago, too, and he said that uh, they've tried it as an experiment. Even though he came up as a center, he hasn't played a lot of center. The Blues have tried it in a few games. And I said, so when do you make that decision that we're going to try to stick with this? And he said, probably sooner than later. So I wouldn't be surprised, Brooke, if you see uh, Pavel Buchnevich, whether it's by the end of the season or coming into camp next year, he's penciled in as a center. Probably depend on you know what they can accomplish in the offseason with the roster. JR, the Blues have lost eight of the last nine games. And in those games that they've lost, they've gone 0 for 29 on the power play. Is it as simple as just scoring some goals when they have a man advantage that will allow them to be in some of these games and potentially win them? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you look at that stretch here, what are they, one, five, and two in their last eight, I think, since the O'Reilly trade? I think they just have power play goals in the one game. It was uh, San Jose, which is their opponent uh, tonight. I think they had a couple power play goals in that game. Hey, look, I was at Mullet Arena the other night. They had 116 of a five on three. You know, even the five on three was, wasn't that pretty. And uh, Craig Bruby said it afterwards uh, that uh, some plays were just not made on that five on three. But big picture, you know, it's the old cliche thing, just not enough shots. 0 for 6 on the power play against uh, Arizona the other night with just eight shots on net. Uh, and we, we had uh, Buchnevich speaking to him after the game, and he said, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what's wrong. It's just absolutely not connected right now. And, and to answer your question, Kerry, yes, it is definitely, definitely uh, costing the Blues some games in the stretch. All right, we're with Jeremy Rutherford, Blues beat writer for The Athletic. And Jeremy, you just had an article come out the other day that I'm sure a lot of Blues fans were interested in reading. Blues playing their way into the NHL's Connor Bedard sweepstakes what do you mean by that, and could you break down the possibilities of that happening? Yeah, so it's tough, and that's the name that you mention uh, every time you talk about the draft lottery because uh, Connor Bedard is a, a generational-type talent and will be the number one pick. Uh, but there are other good players at two, three, four, uh, so on and so forth. Well, right now, the Blues, at least as of yesterday, they were tied for about the eighth-worst record in the league. And the way the draft lottery works in the NHL is all 16 teams that do not make the playoffs will be given a percentage to win the lottery, uh, a set percentage based on where they fall in the standings, and then they'll do the draft lottery. And so right now the Blues just have about a 5% chance of getting that number one overall pick. Uh, They could move up to number two as well and and get one of those other uh, good players. But as they lose games, their chances uh, increase. And so are you going to get to the point where you get an 18% chance uh, to get that number one overall pick, like Columbus sits right now as the worst team in the league, you're probably not, Brooke, but uh, it just seems like the, the Blues fans that I talk to after each game, you want to be a Blues fan, you want to root for the team, but they're not as bummed out as you'd think they'd be about a loss like the other night because uh, these are really good players that the Blues could get in the draft. Yeah, a couple of those players are Fantilli and Mitchkoff. Those are two players that uh, if Bedard wasn't in the draft, they could potentially be number one players chosen. What do you think about the prospects of the Blues maybe getting one of those guys? 
Yeah, definitely. And a, and a lot gets mentioned about that number one overall pick that you could jump to, but you could jump to uh, number two as well. Uh, they changed the lottery to, to make that the system uh, a couple of years ago. And, and, and so you're right. Those are a couple of big names that are also on the board and our scouting guru, prospect guru at the athletic uh, Corey Pronman a couple of days ago, he said just what you said there, Kerry said that, uh, you know, those guys would definitely be number one pick possibilities if you didn't have a counter Bedard on the board. So it's not a situation this year where if you miss the top guy, even though you're going to miss, you know, a one in a however many year type guy, uh, you're still going to get a good player at two, three, if that's what happens uh, for the blues. But, you know, honestly, you'd have to lose a lot more games kind of to climb up and increase those odds. I just wanted to point out with the way things have gone lately, it is a possibility. Jeremy, we we also talked to uh, J.K. earlier just about the future of the Blues for next season. And, you know, there's been a lot of names swirling around. I know that you wrote about Colm Pareko and obviously nothing panned out with that. But another name that keeps coming up is Tory Krug. What do you see his future being with with the season? Yeah, so I think that they'll address the defense in the offseason. And when I say address it, I don't know that they'll be able to get anything done, but I think Doug Armstrong will continue to have those talks and explore and see if there's any takers out there. I think why you hear Colton Preco's name out there is because there there are some teams that would have interest. I, I know seven years is a long time, but maybe they feel that Colton Preco fits better with their club uh, than with the Blues. And also, you know, those type of defensemen, who can log a lot of minutes and skate, you know, there's, there's not a lot of them available. So with Tory Krug, a little bit of a different scenario, you know, he doesn't fit that Colton Pareko profile. And while he's been a very, very good player in the league, he's been banged up this year. And he also has four more years left on his uh, deal. So, you know, what I was hearing leading up to the trade deadline is that the blues didn't have or hear from a lot of teams regarding Tory Krug. Could that change in the off season? I suppose it could, but to me that seems like more of a situation where as the term comes off of that deal, if he's playing well, then perhaps there could be a move in the future. But I think if the Blues are looking to mix things up this off season and, and make that defense look different, you know, I, it seems to me like Colton Braco would be their, their chance to do that because there would be some interest around the league. All right, last question for you, and this is probably the most important here today. We are talking about a pickleball tournament amongst the shows. I know that you go on the other shows as well, and we won't hold that against you, but we, we need to know, who do you think out of the shows is going to win the pickleball tournament? Out of all the shows? Okay, so each show is its own team? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, we got a professional athlete sitting right next to you, Brooke, and, and you, are, you are an athletic person as well. I play tennis, uh, so I yeah. Like- yeah, exactly. So I like your guys' chances. Can it be a deal because I do do each show uh, every day of the week, whatever show I'm on, I can just kind of say that they're going to win? <laughs> no, no. That's yeah, not that's how that a, works. That's a politically correct move. I, I'm with you there. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's think about it for one more second. You got, you got BK, Ferrario, and Tanner. Didn't they go like 0 for 27 on that home run contest a few years ago? Uh, 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 so you're saying the athletic genes and, and, and just the, the – the bones to get it done is not there for the for the BK yeah. Ferrario show. 
Yeah, exactly. Okay. I think it's going to be you guys, but I don't know that Randy needs to participate. Maybe he can just be the trivia guy <laughs> off to the side or something. So uh, if you guys are playing the pickleball and he's kind of your manager, I'll go with you guys. Well, here's the thing, uh, JR. If we do lose, I'm going to jump over the net and tackle Stalter. So, you know, we're going to win one way or another. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's great. That's great. Okay. Well, I'll go with you guys as long as you don't listen to the other shows. Uh... <laughs> JR, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. Talk to you next week. All right, see you guys. That was Jeremy Rutherford, writer for The Athletic, uh, joining us talking a little blues hockey.